When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right around Huntley, he reaches, oh, that ball's out, that's live! Back the other way, Sam Hubbard! The Cincinnati kid! Hubbard's got a convoy! Chased by Andrews! At the 30, the 20, he will score! So there was Sam Hubbard with a 98-yard fumble recovery touchdown they're the best. Baltimore should have gone up 24-17. It was Cincinnati who went up 24-17. And in the end, that was enough for the Bengals to escape the Ravens. Laurie Horesh is the man who's going to break it all down for us. Laurie, uh, thanks for uh, hanging on as well on the wake of the Nick Kyrgios news. And uh, welcome to the run home. Great to be joining you guys. And no worries at all. The uh, the news of Kyrgios made its way through every newsroom and Twitter uh, uh, open phone and desktop mm. and anything around the country. So I uh, completely understand. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, today's triple header before we uh, go back and then go forward to tomorrow's massive game. We saw uh, the Bills just scrape past Miami, which was a, a, a far more competitive game than most people thought. We then saw the Giants go into Minnesota and upend the Vikings, who have had a great season, but... People were saying the Vikings had been uh, gotten lucky uh, one, two, three too many times. They lost. And then we see the Bengals just get past the Ravens. So wildcard Monday, at least in Australia, has been uh, quite incredible. It has. And I think if you went into this game, it went into today in particular, and said, hey, the Giants are going to win, the Buffalo Bills are going to win, and the Cincinnati Bengals are going to win, you'd be pretty surprised um, to come away saying, and the teams we've got the biggest concerns about going forward, probably the Bengals and the Bills, and that's partially is, is you know, judging, judging against expectation. Um, the New York Giants are the underdogs in that game. They're a wild card team. Um, and they, they exposed what has been waiting to be punished for the Minnesota Vikings. And you mentioned it. You know, was there some empty calories in some of their victories? The Vikings, they got away with a few. The run defense has been quite... The, the defense as a whole has not been great for Minnesota all year, um, but the run defense was particularly susceptible and their ability to contain not one but two threats. Daniel Jones on the ground, 17 carries for almost yeah. 80 yards. And Saquon Barkley um, only had nine carries, but goes for almost six yards a carry, two touchdowns, and is effective, very effective. Um, going 56 yards, receiving out of the backfield as well. Kind of sets the platform... Uh, Kirk Cousins played relatively mistake-free football, no turnovers, no interceptions, I should say, but um, the lack of playmaking turned up again for Kirk Cousins. He's he's so good when everything is set right. Um, when the platform is set, the plays are clear, the reads are clear, um, and the he's not getting too harassed in the pocket. He is very, very effective and can get so hot. But uh, when you're asked, when the play does break down, when there's pressure in his face from someone like a Dexter Lawrence, big man for the Giants who had a stellar game today, how does he react? He can't create like some of these other top tier, some of the quarterbacks that we generally talk about in the top 10 as opposed to Kirk who flirts around the top 12, 15 mark. And on the game's deciding play, that was there. Fourth and eight. They need eight yards to keep this thing alive. Pressure immediately. He's unable to create with his legs and he throws the ball three, you know, a three-yard downfield pass. You're short of the sticks. It's high, so TJ Hawkinson can't plant his feet and make a move. He's not set. 
game over Rover. So that just that lack of playmaking from that position proves telling there, as well as the defensive frailties. The Giants did a phenomenal job. Daniel Jones deserves credit through the air and on the ground with what he produced today. It was certainly an amazing day of football, as was yesterday. We saw the third largest comeback in NFL playoff history as the Jags came back from down zip 24 to win that game. Laurie, be honest. Did you give the Jags any chance at halftime when they were down 24? Oh, don't make me go to my Twitter account when I said uh, oh. we, you know, as as a staunch member of the Trevor Lawrence fan club and someone who spent all this year saying Trevor Lawrence was going to finish the season as a top six quarterback in yes. the NFL, I was feeling glorious at 27 to zip. i got to tell you, I did maybe post out that a dark, dark little period here for the Trevor Lawrence fan club, but uh, brighter days will come. We'll stand by our man and his glorious mane of hair. And uh, that faith was renewed pretty, pretty quickly. Um, that touchdown drive at the end of the first half, so pivotal just to just to stem the flow for a minute and just to show that, yes, we can move the ball, we can finish off a drive. For Trevor Lawrence, the mental fortitude, the toughness, and they talk about a short memory in the NFL, whether you're a quarterback or particularly a position like cornerback as well on the defensive side. But across the field, you need to have a short memory and get over things quickly, particularly when it goes bad. And don't ride too high when you're moving the ball with ease or making plays with ease. Short memory, try and retain a level of calm and confidence. And that's what we saw from Trevor Lawrence, the... The ability to be four from 16 through your first 16 passes with as many completions as interceptions at that point of the game, and then to turn around and go 24 for 31 for 258 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, two-point conversion, and a game-winning drive. Pinpoint throws, whilst not having this ridiculous array of star wide receivers or uh, tight ends or uh, around you, is it's an amazing performance. Jags are playing with house money at this point of the no one expected playoff success for them during this season from where they came from 2021. They'll be they'll, that doesn't mean they won't be competitive and won't throw everything they can. And Doug Peterson is a is a very determined competitive character when they go and play the Kansas City Chiefs in the next round. But you have to be excited for not just the talent that Trevor Lawrence showed, but the toughness. That AFC is going to be tough for a long time to come. The four quarterbacks left are all 27 years or younger and they're stars. Not just, we're talking about Allen, Mahomes and Joe Burrow. And there's more there with the likes of Lamar Jackson. It's going to be a tough conference for a long time, but you have faith now that your franchise man isn't just gifted, but he's tough as nails and can lead you out from pretty dark spots. Mm, pretty gorgeous hair too, to go with that. Can you preview tomorrow, Laurie, America's team versus America's superstar in Tom Brady, Dallas Tampa? Plenty of eyes on this one. This is your primetime match. Oh, yeah. No surprise to see it on Monday Night Football on ESPN. Joe and Troy on the call. But look, this one is, I think there's so much more pressure on the Dallas Cowboys here. The 12 and 5, the Buccaneers kind of back their way into the playoffs, 8 and 9, and allows the NFC South division. The Cowboys failing to get significant playoff success in recent seasons. The third year under Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones said nothing can happen in this game to make him come off his stance of, of uh, you know, Mike McCarthy having job security, but I don't believe that. I honestly believe if they go and get embarrassed in week 18, which they did against Washington, and then back up with another lackluster performance and they're one and done again with a coach that was brought in to replace Jason Garrett to take, in their words, the next step. And this sounds like sounds like the opening, one of the early scenes of American Pie when you say that, to the next step. That is not what we have seen so far from the Dallas Cowboys and the pressure mounting and the matchup that Tom Brady has. His, the, the increasing production we've seen of late from him and his wide receivers up against the Dallas Cowboys cornerback room that has been hit by injury and injury over and over again throughout this, uh, especially the last kind of month or two months of the season. I think it's very wary, very wary matchup on paper. 
And Tom Brady, we know, is clinical, he's cold and very calculating in how he moves the ball around the field. I think that's where they test Dallas early. And I think that Dallas still giving away points is a little bit generous to the team from North Texas. Uh, I want to jump back to the Chargers and Jags for a moment and speak about the Chargers side of things. Uh, everyone seems to be in love with Justin Herbert. I certainly am. Uh, too many players around him get injured. But Brandon Staley, the head coach, do you think he is the head coach week one next season or do you think they'll make a move? We know Sean Payton is out there, the guru, the offensive genius. But do you think Brandon Staley will be the head coach of the Chargers uh, entering week one next season? Because the Chargers franchise aren't one that just like to cut checks and pay out money for coaches and, you know, when they've got you know money left on their deals, this is not one of the most cash-rich um, organizations across the NFL. Obviously, you can pay for a pretty hefty salary cap, but mm. as far as franchises across the board, these owners aren't the most um, cash-flush. Uh, compared to, you know, when you talk about the Jerry Jones yeah. of the world and others like it, um, you talk about what's going on at the Denver Broncos with the heir to the Walmart fortune is now the owner of the Denver Broncos. So they are less aggressive in that, um, in that philosophy and in that approach than others. But, look, that's a heartbreaking loss for the Chargers. The, the memes about the Chargers are going to keep on charging. The fans that have gone through so much heartache and so much failed expectation, as you mentioned, injuries seem to pile up. Special teams' mistakes seem to pile up. This does, there is a, a lingering, it feels like, a, you know, a bad curse around the franchise. Staley is a phenomenal defensive mind. He is a great game planner and I do think he can really connect with the with his players but there's certainly a lack of you know tenacity and a lack of finish in this performance from such a talented team um, a little too often I'd like to see him get another chance I think that the biggest thing that needs to come out for the Chargers Staley make stay he may go the offensive coordinator Lombardi needs to change they need a new scheme in there because Justin Herbert is a phenomenally talented quarterback but that offense, with how gifted his right arm is and his mobile, it shouldn't feel that tense. It shouldn't feel that tight. It shouldn't be Justin Herbert passing five yards downfield over and over again. Mm. This man needs to be let loose. He needs to be able to breathe and air that thing out. They need to add speed and they need to add a new offensive philosophy. That's the number one priority, whether Staley is there or not, whether it's Sean Payton and someone that comes in and brings that new offensive system, something needs to change for the fact that you are so lucky and that you have nailed down your franchise man. And uh, just quickly before we let you go, Laurie, how impressed were you, particularly with the second half of, of San Francisco and Brock Purdy? They've won 11 straight now. They blow out Seattle in the second half and, and, and they could hardly be more impressive. So uh, what did you see from the Niners yesterday? The word overwhelming comes to mind when I think of the 49ers. Just an overwhelming array of talent. We can talk about the offensive side. Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, both having big days, bringing up the century, uh, rushing and receiving respectively. Brandon Ayuk makes explosive plays week in, week out. He's a very quiet top 15 wide receiver in the league. And George Kittle, um, not the most prodigious day, um, but makes his presence felt in the red zone and two-point conversions and, and has the ability to be a game breaking player, not just as a receiving weapon, but the, the blocks that he's able to open up in the run game as well. I'm impressed by Purdy because you're playing mistake-free football, but just let's not get too carried away. We see three touchdowns, no interceptions. Just go have a look at some of the throws. They can be better. There is room to improve. He's a little behind. He's a little late on some of these throws. He underthrows some of them. When we get further into this playoff picture, whether they're playing Tampa or Dallas next, you would imagine that the those, those passing windows are going to get a little closer, a little tighter, um, you're not going to have screaming weapons wide open um, like you may have seen in this game. I'm sure that talent that I've mentioned will 
find their openings in, de- in any defensive secondary they come up against. But just a little more fine-tuning, a little more precision would be great to see. But Pur- Purdy so far has so far exceeded expectations. And the thing you love to see is the confidence and passion he plays with. Um, whether, you know, the slow-mo celebrations of him, you know, almost supermaning it, rip, feels like he's going to go <laughs> Hulkamania and rip open his shirt. It's very impressive, the composure that he showed, keeping his eyes downfield and maintaining that aggression. Those are the real positives. I think incredibly, incredibly, so far beyond what we could have hoped to see, considering he's the third-string quarterback for this team this season. But at the same time, as we get into the tighter, tighter matchups, just a little more position, precision and a little more accuracy through the air could be telling. Laurie Horish, we uh, love your work on ESPN and we love your work whenever you come on here and break down the NFL for us. We've got one more game to go tomorrow, Dallas at Tampa. It'll be the most watched game probably of the season and uh, uh, make sure you find somewhere cosy to watch it. Thanks for uh, giving us your time and breaking down wildcard weekend. Always great to join you guys. Thanks a lot. There is Laurie Horace. You can uh, catch his work on the Brecky Show, the NFL Brecky Show on ESPN. He's uh, a star, knows the NFL inside and out, back to front, every which way you could possibly know it, Adam Cooney. That was comprehensive. Very comprehensive. Very comprehensive. So Wild Card Weekend is in the books, apart from tomorrow's huge game, Dallas at Tampa Bay. America's team versus Tom Brady, if you don't mind. Have you got a quick tip for us? I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, I think. Oh, yeah. okay. At home. At home. Get the job done. I'm going to go with Dallas. So not because you went with Tampa, just because I think Dallas are better.